Section sixty four of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew. Volume one. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, part sixty four. Of the swag, crockery, and glass shops. In addition to the one hundred and fifty general and particular swag shops, or shops having a large collection of goods, of which I have spoken, there are twenty establishments for the sale of crockery and china, which I heard styled by persons in the trade swag crocks or crock shops. The principle on which the trade is conducted in these places is the same as that of the swag shops, inasmuch as the sales are wholesale to street sellers, shopkeepers, and shippers, but rarely to private individuals. The crock swag shops are to be found in the streets neighbouring Spitalfields Market and in and near to Liquorpond Street. As at the more general or miscellaneous swag shops, the crock swags make no display. In one of the most extensive, indeed, two large windows are filled with goods. Here are spirit stands, with the invariable three bottles, invariable in the cheap trade, blue, green, or uncoloured, some lettered gin, rum, brandy, but most of them unlabelled. Here, too, are cruet stands and pot or spa figures under glass shades, and a number of many-coloured flower glasses, some of them profusely gilded, and small china vases, but the glasswares greatly predominate. Although there are glass and colour and gilding enough to make an imposing display, the display is nevertheless anything but showy. The goods look dingy and, if I may so speak of such things, faded. Some of the coloured glass seems to be losing its colour, and few of the wares have the bright look of newness. The windows of these shops are, for the most part, literally packed to a certain height, so as almost to exclude the light, with pitchers and basins and cups and jugs, and the sundry smaller articles of this multifarious trade, all undusted and seemingly uncared for. In one large concern, I saw a number of glass salt cellars wrapped severally in paper, which had changed from white to a dusty brown, and which, from age and perhaps damp, seemed about to fall to tatters. The interiors of some of these warehouses are very spacious. I saw one large and lofty shop, into which two apartments and a yard had been flung, the partitions having been taken down and the ceilings supported by pillars in order to extend the premises it was really a hall of pots on the floor were large crates the tops removed so that the goods might be examined packed one with cups another with saucers a third with basins and packed as only a potter could pack them intermixed with them were piles of blue and white dishes and plates and beside them washing-pans fitted one into another like the old hats on a jew's head the pillars had their festoons of crockery being hung with children's white and gold mugs for a good boy and with white metal-lidded and brown-bodied mustard pots as well as other minor articles the shelves were loaded with tea services of many shapes and hues while the unoccupied space was what sufficed to allow the warehousemen and the customers to thread the mazes of this labyrinth of crockery wares of the glass goods there was little display as they are generally kept in cases and other packages to preserve their freshness of appearance the crockery of the swag shops is made in staffordshire 
the glass principally in lancashire at none of these establishments do they issue circulars of prices such as i have cited of the general swag shops the articles are so very many i was told that to specify all the sizes and prices would take a volume and a half i give a statement however of the prices of the goods most in demand on the occasions when the street vendors sell them without barter and the prices at which they are purchased wholesale blue-edged plates sold at one penny each cost one shilling and eightpence the dozen this would appear to entail a loss of eightpence on every dozen sold but in this article thirty is a dozen dishes are bought at the swag crops in nests which comprise ten dishes or five pairs of different sizes these the street crockman sells if possible in pairs but he will sell them singly for he can always make up the complement of his nest at the warehouse the prices run chiefly according to size from eightpence to one shilling and sixpence sometimes one shilling and eightpence the pair the eightpence a pair said one street crock seller costs me sixpence not a farthing under and the eighteen pence a pair it's very seldom we can draw one shilling and eightpence costs one shilling and twopence that's all sir and the profit's so small it makes us keen to swap i'll swap for old clothes or dripping or grease or anything you see the profit when you sells downright down must be small cause there's so many pot shops with prices marked on the plates and other things they can buy better than us sometimes and they're hard to stand up against if a woman says to me for i very seldom deal with men why they're cheaper at d blanks in oxford street i answers and worser i'll tell you what it is ma'am the cheapest place was in two houses painted all red in the london road but one fine morning them two houses fell and the pots was smashed as a matter of course it was a judgment on their bad pots but it's a fact sir that these houses fell about seven or eight years ago i think and i've seen goods with one or two of them broken offered for sale when the place was rebuilt having been rescued from the ruins and at less than half price of course that was gammon i've cracked and broke a few plates myself and sold them in the new kent road and in woolworth and newington at half price from the ruins and at a very tidy profit a stone china tea-service of thirty-two pieces twelve cups twelve saucers four bread-and-butter plates a teapot a sugar-basin a slop-basin and a cream-jug is bought for six shillings and ninepence while nine shillings is asked for it and sometimes obtained a china set costs as the general price ten shillings and sixpence and for it fourteen shillings is asked the glasswares are so very rarely sold being the most attractive articles of barter that i could hardly get any street seller to state his prices swap sir i was told repeatedly they all goes in swap the glass goods however which are the most sold in the streets i ascertained to be cream jugs those vended at sixpence each costing four shillings the dozen and flower glasses the most frequent price being one shilling a pair the prime cost sevenpence i have estimated the sum turned over by the general swag shops at three thousand pounds each from what i can learn the crock swag shops averaging the whole turn over a larger sum for their profits are smaller ranging from ten to thirty per cent but rarely thirty calculating then that each of these swag shops turns over four thousand pounds yearly we find eighty thousand pounds expended 
but this includes the sales to shopkeepers and to shippers, as well as to street folk. Of the street sellers of spar and china ornaments, and of stone fruit. Spars, as spar ornaments are called by the street sellers, are sold to the retailers at only four places in London, and two in Gravesend, where the hawkers are for the most part supplied. The London spar houses are two in Westminster, one in Shoreditch, and one on Battle Bridge. None of them present any display of their goods, which are kept in large drawers, closets, and packages. At Gravesend, the spar shops are handsome. These wares are principally of Derbyshire spar, and made in matlock, a few are German. The spars are hawked on a round, and are, on fine Saturday nights, offered for sale in the street and markets. The trade was unknown as a street or a hawking trade in London, I am informed, until about twenty-five years ago and then was not extensive, the goods, owing to the cost of carriage and so on, being high-priced. As public conveyance became more rapid, certain, and cheap, the trade in spars increased, and cheaper articles were prepared for the London market. From ten to fifteen years ago the vendors of spars did well in swap, as street sellers always call barters. The articles with which they tempted housewives were just the sort of articles to which it was difficult for inexperienced persons to attach a value. They were massive and handsome ornaments, and the spar-sellers did not fail to expatiate on their many beauties. "'God rest Jack Moody's soul,' said an Irishman, now a crock-seller, to me. "'Jack Moody was only his nickname, but that don't matter. God rest his soul, and the heavens be his bid.' He was the boy to sell the spars. They was from the caverns at the bottom of the say, he told them, or from a new island in the frozen ocean. He did well, God rest him, but he died young. The articles swapped were such as I have described in my account of the tradings of the crock-sellers, and if the swap were in favour of the spar-seller, still the customer became possessed of something solid, enduring, and generally handsome. At the outset of the street or hawking trade, the spar-sellers carried their goods done up in paper in strong baskets on their heads, the man's wife sometimes carrying a smaller basket with less burdensome articles on her arm. Men have been known to start on a round with a basket of spars which would weigh from one hundredweight to one and a half hundredweight, or twelve stone. This, it must be remembered, might have to be borne for three or four miles into the suburbs before its weight was diminished by a sale. One of these traders told me that twelve years ago he had sold spar watch-stands weighing above fifteen pounds. These stands were generally of a square form, the inner portion being open, except a sort of recess for the watch. "'The tick sounds well on spar, I've often heard,' said one spar-seller. Some of the spar ornaments are plain, white, and smooth. Of these, many have flowers or rims or insects painted upon them, and in brilliant colours. Those which are now in demand for the street sales or for itinerant barterings are small microscopes, candlesticks, inkstands, pincushions, mugs, paper holders, match perfumery, and shaving boxes, etc. The general price of these articles is sixpence to the street seller or hawker, some of the dealers being licensed hawkers. The wholesale price varies from two shillings and sixpence to five shillings per dozen, or an average of three shillings and ninepence or four shillings. Of the larger articles, the most saleable are candlesticks, at from one shilling to two shillings and sixpence each, from one shilling to one shilling and sixpence being the most frequent price. 
watchstands and vases are now i am told in small demand people's got stocked i think one man said and there's so much cheap glass and chainy work that they looks on spars as heavy and old-fashioned some street sellers have their spars in covered barrows the goods being displayed when the top of the barrow is removed so that the conveyance is serviceable whether the owner be stationary or itinerant the spar sellers however are reluctant to expose their goods to the weather as the colours are easily affected in this trade i am informed that there are now twelve men nine of whom are assisted by their wives and that in the summer months there are eighteen their profits are about fifteen shillings per week on an average of the whole year including the metropolis and a wide range of the suburbs what amount of money may be expended by the public in the street purchase of spars i am unable to state so much being done in the way of barter but assuming that there are fourteen sellers throughout the year and that their profits are cent per cent there would appear to be about one thousand pounds per annum thus laid out of stone fruit there are now usually six street sellers and in fine weather eight eight or ten years ago there were twenty the fruit is principally made at chesterfield in derbyshire and is disposed of to the london street sellers in the swag shops in houndsditch some of the articles both as regards form and colour are well executed others are far too red or too green but that i was told pleased children best the most saleable fruits are apples pears peaches apricots oranges lemons and cucumbers the cucumbers which are sometimes of pot as well as of stone are often hollow and are sometimes made to serve for gin bottles holding about a quartern the price at the swag shops is four shillings and threepence for a gross of fruit of all kinds in equal quantities for a better quality the price is seven shillings and sixpence the street seller endeavours to get one penny each for the lower priced and twopence for the higher but has most frequently to be content with a halfpenny and a penny the stone fruit men are itinerant during the week and stationary in the street markets on saturday and sometimes other evenings they carry their stock both in baskets and barrows one man told me that he always cried pick em out pick em out halfpenny each cheapest fruit ever seen as good to-morrow as last week never less flavour everlasting fruit supposing that there are six persons selling stone fruit in the streets through the year and that each earns and i am assured that this is the full amount nine shillings weekly one man said seven shillings and sixpence was the limit of his weekly profits in fruit we find a hundred and forty pounds received as profit on these articles and calculating the gains at thirty-three per cent an outlay of four hundred and twenty pounds the trade in china ornaments somewhat differs from the others i have described under the present head it is both a street and a public house trade and is carried on both in the regular way and by means of raffles at some public houses indeed the china ornament dealers are called rafflers the ornaments now most generally sold or raffled are joy and grief two figures one laughing and the other crying dancing highlanders mustard pots in the form of cottages and so on grotesque heads one especially of an old man which serves as a pepper box the grains being thrown through the eyes nose and mouth queen and alberts but not half so well as the others and until of late smith o'brien's 
there are others also such as i have mentioned in my account of the general swag shops to the windows of many of which they form the principal furniture some of these ornaments sold on the sly can hardly be called obscene but they are dirty and cannot be further described the most lucrative part of the trade is in the raffling a street seller after doing what business he can on a round or at a stand during the day will in the evening resort to public houses where he is known and is allowed to offer his wares to the guests the ornaments in public house sale are hardly ever offered for less than sixpence each or sixpence a pair the raffling is carried on rapidly and simply dice are very rarely used now and when used provoke many murmurs from the landlords the raffler of the china ornaments produces a portable roulette box or table these tables becoming an established part of street traffic eight or ten inches in diameter what may be called the board of some of these roulettes is numbered to thirty-two it is set rapidly spinning on a pivot a pea is then slipped through a hole in the lid of the box and when the motion has ceased the pea is found in one of the numbered partitions now gentlemen a raffler told me he would say try your luck for this beautiful pair of ornaments six of you at a penny apiece if you go home rather how came you so show what you've bought for the old lady and it'll be all right and peaceful if six persons contribute one penny each the one spinning the highest number gains the prize and is congratulated by the ornament seller on having gained for one penny what was only too cheap at sixpence why sir said a man who had recently left the trade for another calling and who was anxious that i should not give any particular description of him in case he went back to the raffling why sir i remember one monday evening four or five months back going into a parlour not a tap-room mind where was respectable mechanics they got to play with me and got keen and played until my stock was all gone if one man stopped raffling another took his place i can't recollect how many ornaments i raffled but i cleared rather better than three shillings and sixpence when there was no ornaments left they gave me a penny apiece there was eleven of them then and a pint of beer to let them have the roulette till twelve o'clock and away they went at it for beer and screws and bets of a penny and tuppence one young man that had been lucky in winning the ornaments got cleaned out and staked his ornaments for tuppence or for a penny rather than not play that sort of thing only happened to me once to the same extent if the landlord came into the room of course they was only playing for drink or he might have begun about his license the ornaments are bought at the swag shops i have described and are nearly all of german make they are retailed from one penny and sometimes a halfpenny to one shilling each and the profit is from twenty-five to seventy-five per cent there are i am informed about thirty persons in this trade two-thirds of them being rafflers and their receipts being from twenty-five shillings to thirty shillings weekly most of them mix fancy glass goods and spars and other articles with their ornament trade so that it is not easy to ascertain what is expended upon the china ornaments independently of other wares if we calculate it at ten shillings weekly a low average considering the success of some of the raffles we find seven hundred and eighty pounds expended in the streets in these ornamental productions of the street sellers of textile fabrics these street folk present perhaps as great a diversity of character as any of which i have been called upon to treat 
among them are the strong persevering men who carry rolls of linen or cotton manufacture in packs on their backs and trudge along holding a yard wand by the middle which it is a not uncommon joke against them is always worn down an inch or two by being used as a walking-stick in their long pedestrian journeys such however is not the case for the packman when measuring is resorted to generally shows the justice of his measure or invites the purchaser to use her own yard wand for women are now their most frequent customers some of these men love to tell of the many hundreds of miles they have walked in their time and in the three kingdoms the most of those who make london or any large town their headquarters and take frequent journeys into the country are licensed hawkers those who confine their sales exclusively to london and its immediate vicinity frequently conduct their business without incurring the annual cost of a license the penalty for hawking without a license is ten pounds or an imprisonment in default of payment not exceeding three months with a discretionary power of mitigation to the magistrates some of these men may be styled hereditary hawkers having first accompanied and then succeeded their parents on a round some were in their youth assistants to hawkers some had been unsuccessful as tallymen when shopkeepers or travellers for tally shops and have resorted to hawking or street trading occasionally in their transactions with different parties blending the tally system with the simple rules of sale for ready money in striking contrast to these sturdy and often astute traders are the street sellers of lace and millinery the majority of whom are women a walk through a street market especially on a saturday evening will show anyone the frequent difference of the established street milliner to the other female traders surrounding her stall the milliner as she is commonly called by the street folk wears a clean and often tasty cap beneath her closely fitted bonnet a cap in which artificial flowers are not wanting should she sell those adornments her shawl is pinned beneath her collar her gown if it be old or of poor material is clean and she is rarely to be seen in boots or shoes made for men's wear near her stall are stout coarse-looking irish girls with unstringed bonnets half-ragged shawls thrown loose round their shoulders necks red from exposure to the weather coarse and never brushed but sometimes scraped shoes when shoes are worn and a general dirtiness of apparel the street milliners have been ladies maids working milliners and dressmakers the wives of mechanics who have been driven to the streets and who add to the means of the family by conducting a street trade themselves with a sprinkling from other classes the street sellers of lace are of the same class as the milliners but with perhaps less smartness and carrying on an inferior trade both as regards profit and display the street sellers of boot and stay laces and of such things as sewing cotton threads and tapes when sold separately from more valuable articles are children and old people some of whom are infirm and some blind the children have in some instances been bred to the streets the old people probably are worn out in street trades requiring health and strength and so adopt a less laborious calling or else they have been driven to it 
either from comparatively better circumstances or by some privation or affliction in order to avoid the workhouse the sale of belts stockings braces straps and garters is mostly in the hands of men who from all that i can learn are regular street sellers who turn their hands first to this and then to that but this portion of street traffic is often combined with the sale of dog collars chains and so on the trade is more a public house than a distinct traffic in the street the landlord of a well-frequented inn in lambeth told me that every day at least one hundred of such street sellers not including match girls and women entered his house to offer their wares the greatest number of such sellers was in the evening i have so far described what may be called the fair traders but to them the street sellers of textile fabrics are not confined there are besides these two other classes known as duffers and as lumpers and sometimes the same man is both duffer and lumper the two names are often confounded but an intelligent street seller versed in all the arts and mysteries of this trade told me that he understood by a duffer a man who sold goods under false pretenses making out that they were smuggled or even stolen so as to enhance the idea of their cheapness whereas a lumper would sell linens cottons or silks which might be really the commodities represented but which by some management or other were made to appear new when they were old or solid when they were flimsy End of section 64